It's time for the Fantasy Falcon Football Podcast. Woo! Welcome back, Falcomaniacs. Welcome to the Fantasy Falcon Football Podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Faulkner, joined, as always, by my co-host, Jeff Faulkner. Jeff, how you doing, buddy? Man, I'm sitting here. I'm watching uh, Monday Night Football. Life is good. And uh, I was actually, before we went on air, I, I should apologize to you, Kyle. I was a little later getting ready than I, I typically am. I got caught up in the Manning cast of the Monday Night Football game with Peyton and Eli. And uh, they actually had Tom Brady on as one of the guests. And he was talking about the number 600 ball. I don't know if you, you probably have seen what's happened mm-hmm. here with he scored uh, or threw the number, touchdown number 600. Mike Evans gives the ball away. And then this guy named... Uh, Oh, they said his name on that TV. I can't remember now. I was going to say it. Anyways, they give this guy in the stands the ball, only to realize afterwards it's ball number 600, <laughs> and then a guy goes and actually asks him for the ball back, and he gives it to him, which has been just the talk of the town. And even Brady was like, uh, you know, say it was Joe. Even old Joe realized he lost all his leverage when he handed the ball back to us. He really should have held on to it for longer. And Peyton and Eli were kind of chirping him, too. I'm like, man, this poor guy. Um yeah, it just got me, you know, thinking like, have you, what would you have done in that same situation? You know, everybody around you is, you know, Tampa fans, Tampa love, and wants you to do the right thing. But that is like a once in a lifetime opportunity. There's the reports that it's worth up to, you know, 750k. Uh, yeah, what would you have done in that same opportunity? Yeah, that's the thing is it's so valuable, and I guess it would depend to, you know, his feelings maybe about uh, about the box and about Tom Brady, but. Um, I like to think that I would do the right thing. I like to think that I would, uh, you know, certainly maybe not for nothing, but, uh, but talk to, talk to them, see if I could work out a deal. But, uh, you know, that, that piece of history deserves to be with the guy who, uh, the guy who threw it. It was obviously an honest mistake by Mike Evans and, uh, you know, good for him for doing the right thing. Yeah. And dude got taken care of too. Ended up showing what the package is. He got two signed jerseys and a helmet from Tom Brady. He got an autographed jersey from Mike Evans and the game cleats he wore when he caught the number 600. He got a $1,000 credit at the team store for the Buccaneers and two season tickets for the rest of this year and all of next. So, like you said, honest mistake paid off for this guy. Just happened to be sitting there with his funny hat on. Yeah, for sure. Um, but, uh, yeah, pretty exciting, pretty uh, pretty special achievement for uh, the great one, the golden boy. And, uh, you know, kind of kind of was the cherry on top of a, a nice fantasy weekend for, for how crazy Bipocalypse was. There was a lot of players that uh, actually ended up coming through for you. And I can't wait to talk about them, bud. But uh, before we get to all that, you I, know. Oh, sorry. No, no, I, I was just going to say I can't wait either. It's been uh, it's hard to believe we're coming into week eight already. But, uh, yeah, lots to cover today. Absolutely. But before we get to all that, uh, we just want to welcome everybody in. If you're new to this show, thanks for uh, joining us. Thanks for tuning in and listening. And hopefully we can help you on your quest to go and get your fantasy Falcon championship. Uh, that's what we're here for, Falcomaniacs. Man- We've got all the news, all the waiver wire pickups, all the injury designations, everything you need to make sure your team is looking tip top as we uh, come into the second half of the regular season here. Oh man, it's coming too quickly. And yeah, you can follow us at Falcon Maniacs Football on the social medias. Uh, you know, we're talking about number 600 for Tom Brady. This is number 72 for me and you. And uh, with that comes the jersey swap. So let's do this as uh, quick as we can here. Um, quite a few names, some fun ones, some interesting ones as well. So we got uh, from Major League Baseball, one of the all time greats, Carlton Fisk, wore number 72. 
Uh, the, the best players from the NFL were Ed Tutal Jones, Dan Deardorff from the Arizona Cardinals, OCU Manure from the Giants, and uh, William Refrigerator Perry from the Chicago Bears. Uh, we also have some NHL players. Uh, I think it's Yossi Panarin, um, Bobrovsky from Tampa Bay, and Shane Corson, who played with the Leafs, but I think in Dallas he wore number 72. But this jersey for me, I think it might be for you as well. It's uh, the jersey that uh, Biggie Smalls wore in the video for Juicy. It's a basketball jersey for Team Bad Boy, and he wore number 72 in that one. So that was the first one that popped up when I Googled it, and I think that's the one I'm rocking. How about you? Yeah, man, it's it's hard for me to not say Refrigerator Perry, right? Uh, the big guy, the lineman love, but uh, I think this has got to be a, a throwback to running home after school and firing on uh, much mega hits. Uh, this is this is Biggie Smalls. I like it. So and now that you've you know started me on these actors at this age as well, I've got a question for you. So at uh, number seventy-two, so age seventy-two actors, we've got Richard Gere, Tom Berenger, Samuel L. Jackson, the all-time great Meryl Streep, and uh, one of my all-time favorites, Sigourney Weaver. So my question for you, out of those names, if you could choose one movie out of their filmographies to only watch out of all five of these. Is there one that jumps out at you? Oh, man. So you're only allowed to watch one movie from these actors. This is actually a tough one. And when when I saw this list, too, it feels like the weirdest list ever because it feels like Tom Berenger has been 72 for like two decades. It feels like Samuel L. Jackson and Richard Gere are 15 years apart in age. And same thing with Meryl Streep and Sigourney Weaver. It just doesn't seem right that they're all together. But, uh, oh, man, I don't know. There's a lot of... Uh, there's a lot of amazing movies on this uh, on this resume. I'm gonna go with kind of a weird one here because I'm gonna go with the Samuel L. Jackson movie, but it's not maybe what would pop into your mind as a Samuel L. Jackson movie, but it is for sure all time you know top four or five movies for me. I'm going Jurassic Park for sure. Hang on to your butts. Oh, yeah, nice. Yeah, he's easily forgotten in that movie, but he's in that for sure. Man, it's tough for sure. I only The only reason I ask this question is my all-time favorite movie is Major League, and Tom Berenger was probably mm. the, the, you know, the lowest credited actor on this <laughs> list out of all these ones, so it was kind of a trick question for me. But, uh, yeah, that's a good answer, man. Jurassic Park is definitely a classic. Yeah, I should have uh, I should have spoiled your pick and just called it out because I knew as soon as you asked that question, I knew where you were going with that. But, uh, yeah, I'm I'm going to have to go, you know, can't get it out of my head now oh man yeah that's unbelievable the you know we started this actor list in the 70s so obviously uh you know we're talking about some some all-time greats that are maybe in the twilights of their career um but uh yeah just makes me feel old thinking that these uh guys and guys and gals are 72 <clears throat> yeah, I felt the same way when I was looking at this. It's like this again, this doesn't make any sense, but uh, here we are. Nineteen ninety five was only five years ago. To talk about. <laughs> yeah, sorry, we got lots to get to here. Um, but uh, to get things going, like always, we got to flip the coin. We got the opening kickoff. Opening kickoff. <laughs> So you had a little uh, you had a little question here, Jeff, and it it really made me stop and think. Um, so you're talking about this year's draft class. You know, it was it was highly heralded. There were some real uh, talented players, and especially some real talented skill players taken in the first couple of rounds. And uh, right now we've got you know three 
I think, pretty easy top rookies. One running back, one wide receiver, and one tight end. We're talking about Najee Harris, Jamar Chase, and Kyle Pitts, who have all... Um, they've all kind of emerged. Najee's taken a little bit on that Steelers offense, but he's rolling now. We'll see what he can do out of the bye week. Uh, Kyle Pitts followed up a big, a big kind of breakout going into the bye with a big performance this week. And, uh, Jamar Chase is like, he's a top five wide receiver in fantasy right now, uh, after his, you know, 200 yard performance. But, uh, to think about who else has impressed the most. I I had a tough time with this one. Um, not because nobody's been impressive, but, uh, you know, other than these three, it's, it's hard to find a real kind of a super standout. So I've got a two pack. I've got one offensive player and one defensive player. Is that all right? Yeah, it is. I like that. So there were a couple of defensive guys that I looked at, but uh, it was a guy that we were both excited to excited to watch, and uh, he's just been a solid, steady presence, and that's uh, Micah Parsons. He has looked good uh, for the Cowboys. You know, the, the cool story of him getting his call and, and uh, you know, dream come true kind of thing. But the whole Dallas defense uh, looks greatly improved, obviously. Um, you know, Diggs doing unbelievable things. His brother finally tied him uh, for touchdowns. Stephon Diggs finally tied his brother for touchdowns at DB. But uh, uh, Parsons has been a huge part of that. He doesn't get maybe the uh, notoriety that some of the edge rushers have gotten over the last couple of years. Um, with like, you know, like Chase Young, for example, but, uh, he's just, he's involved. He's, he's not making a lot of mental errors. And, uh, I think he's showing that he's going to be a, a defensive force in this league for a long time to come. But, uh, offensively, you know, again, I, I looked around, I looked between, um, you know, especially the two other, uh, big wide receivers, Smith and Waddle, but, uh, I'm going with a guy who kind of came out of nowhere. I almost was teasing you a little bit when he was drafted in Philadelphia. And now all of a sudden he may have a chance to really uh, show what he's got. I'm talking about Kenneth Gainwell. Um, You know, he was kind of slowly, sneakily stealing some touches away, had a couple of big performances, shown that he has a nose for the end zone. And now Miles Sanders, we're going to get to it in a moment, but, uh, you know, might not be available in the in the short term here. Um, I think that we're gonna. I think that we're gonna see a real big, uh, a big bang from Kenny Gainwell. What about you? Who's the who's who else like is it. up at the top of the rookies for you? Well, the reason I asked the question is because I started thinking about you know five first round quarterbacks and they've kind of disappointed so far. But one is not so disappointing when you really look at it, and that's Mac Jones. And he's kind of the guy that was you know, the answer for me on this question. He's just. And, you know, it's not really translating to fantasy success, but he's you think about what he's dealing with there in New England and the skill position players. It's pretty poopy all around him, and he's still keeping them competitive in games. You know, obviously, he's got the greatest coach of all time behind him, but I'm, I've been very impressed with his ability to stay in the pockets. He's taking big hits. He's getting back up. He's saying all the right things. If you watch him you know, pre and post game and uh, yeah, he's making that team more competitive than I thought they would be with that roster. So Mac Jones is, uh, is yeah, has been very impressive, but I think I wanted to ask this as well because, you know, we're at the midway point and I want to see how much our answers change in the second half of the season as, as these rookies get up to uh, used to the speed of the NFL. Well, that's it for sure. And, uh, I, I know for myself, for sure, later on in the show, there's one rookie in particular that I'm, uh, I'm really going to be tooting the horn of a little bit. 
Well, like we said, man, week seven is basically we're at halftime of the Monday Nighter, so it's come and gone. We're, we're looking forward to week eight. And uh, before we do that, we got to cover all the news and notes from the past week. So let's go to the fantasy news. I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. It's time for fantasy football news. <laughs> So not tons here to cover as far as non-injury related news. We've got some guys returning from practice, guys that are uh, uh, expected to you know get back into game action soon. So we got Michael Gallup, who has been out for the Cowboys for basically the entire first half of the season here. Uh, it sounds like he's re- set to return to practice, which is a big uh, boost for an already potent Dallas Cowboys offense. Uh, we've seen Cedric Wilson take a step forward as far as his role. Uh, I think he's filling in directly for Gallup, but guys like Dalton Schultz and... Uh, others may be affected by Gallup's return because he's a pretty dynamic playmaker. So uh, keep an eye on him. And once he's back in the lineup, I don't know if I don't know. Real quick, Kyle, would you start him right away, or would you want to see Gallup uh, in action before doing that? Yeah, I wouldn't start him right away because I know he's coming in as at the minimum the number three option in that offense. We also don't know for sure the health of Dak Prescott. Uh, we'll kind of see coming out of their bye week. Um, you know, he had that calf injury right at the end of week uh, six. So I, I would say no, but definitely um, worth an ad, definitely worth a stash and, and see just because, you know, he is an explosive player. He has that quickness, uh, can get separation, and you want pieces of offenses like this. That's that's what you're looking for with those depth fantasy bench spots. You're looking for, um, you know, a, a piece of this where you have as good a chance of anybody um, of the kind of surprise home run game. And that's what he gives you, I think. Yeah. And let's, uh, you know, small little tidbit of info on him as well. Like he's already had his bye week right? So that's somebody you can mm-hmm. rely on as far, unless he's hurt, but as far as a guy that you can set and, and put in a roster spot moving forward. So he's the kind of guy I'd, I'd target at trade time or this time of year anyways. Um, Ryan Fitzpatrick of the Washington football team is not ready to come back. He's slated for another MRI on that uh, old man hip of his. Um, so it's, it doesn't sound like he's close to return. Tyler Henneke is playing decent football, and uh, it'll be interesting to see if they just hand the starting back, job back to uh, Fitzpatrick, but uh, that's not going to be anytime soon. So if you were stashing him for whatever reason, it's you're stashing for a little longer than you wanted to. Uh, Jerry Judy, this one's got me super pumped. I, you know, I talked about this last episode, hoping, uh, you know, Hail Mary chance that he may be coming back for week seven. It didn't happen, but it sounds like Jerry Judy is going to be back in action week eight. Uh, so that, uh, t- Denver offense is going to get another dynamic playmaker on, uh, in the receiving room after losing some guys to injuries. Uh, it's still, you know, Sutton, Tim Patrick, and now at Jerry Judy that with the, the, to the two headed Running game they've got there, it's not a terrible offense, um, but Teddy Two Gloves has got to play better than he has the last couple of weeks. Uh, hopefully Jerry Judy can help him do that. Uh, T.Y. Hilton sounds like he's going to be back as well for the Colts this week. He missed the uh, last I think, two weeks with the, his injury, so it sounds like he's back this week. Uh, keep an eye on his status uh, Thursday and as uh, you know, Sunday approaches. And Will Fuller is still made of porcelain and will not be back this week, so do not rely on him. And really quick here, Joe Flacco traded from the Eagles to the Jets uh, with the, we'll get to the injury later, but they needed a quarterback um, to back up their backup. And Joe Flacco's the guy, he's familiar with the team. And uh, yeah, I didn't, you know, obviously they're trading for him, but hopefully he, he never plays. But uh, Joe Flacco is now with J-E-T-S. Yuck, yuck, yuck. <laughs> new so Broadway. That's fantasy is, news. See the new uh, Broadway Joe? Does he yeah. need to get a fur coat now? <laughs> 
I hope he does. That'd be awesome. He just plays it right up. Good for him. That'd be sweet. I'm just here to so I don't get fined. Um, yeah, that's the fantasy news. And obviously, we do this every week. We we don't love to do it, but every time there's a football game, somebody probably is getting hurt, and there's injuries to cover. So let's go to the injury report. Now stand aside, worthy adversary. Tis but a scratch. Fantasy football injury report. A scratch? Your arm's off. No, it isn't. So this one was like super duper scary. And, you know, the, the face of the NFL went down in a heap and you had to be helped off the field. Patrick Mahomes uh, suffered a nasty concussion, uh, took a knee to the face as he was falling to the ground and uh, obviously did not return to that game. They don't play until Monday night. Uh, this week coming in and it sounds like he's not expected to miss any time but uh, concussions are funny so well I shouldn't say they're funny but they're tricky and uh, something to monitor obviously as the week approaches he's you know the centerpiece of your team in a lot of cases so if you don't have Mahomes you're going to be looking elsewhere and it could be could be ugly so keep an eye on Mahomes status as the week uh, proceeds yeah and you know Uh, what well sorry sorry, I was just going to say on that hit uh my initial concern to be honest with you was actually his uh just his leg the way that he went down somebody hit him and slid down and he was kind of twisted awkwardly and then and then got landed on by somebody else um and rightfully so the refs didn't make any kind of roughing the passer uh call because he was trying to make a throw out of contact but uh, when he stayed down, that was my initial worry was that it, you know, was something in the legs. So as serious as concussions are, um, you know, it sounds like he's passed through the protocol somehow immediately after the game. Um, he did the the old Devontae Adams trick where his eyes were backwards in his head and he just spun them around and good to go. But uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, we can talk about we can talk about Mahomes and uh, our level of concern, I guess, for the Chiefs. Uh, later on this week maybe on on the uh friday show but uh sounds like he's going to be good to go um health wise i don't know about playing wise the way he's looked well i don't know what would be more worrisome for me if i'm patrick mahomes the fact that i suffered that concussion or the fact that my brother continues to make tiktoks on the field and it's just it's embarrassing i don't know if you've seen these things man he needs a he needs a like a media security force to be all over his brother and his mom and his wife like give them all a flip phone and and no wi-fi password <laughs> 40 million a year. Here's your new flip phone. <laughs> Anyways, lots of more injuries to cover, unfortunately. Uh, we mentioned Broadway Joe Flacco going to the Jets. That's because Zach Wilson uh, suffered a PCL injury to his knee. Sounds like he's going to miss uh, anywhere from two to six weeks. Uh, so not great for the rookie coming off a bye. He left that game pretty early. And, uh, yeah, so he's going to be out for a little while. So, you know, downgrade all your Jets playmakers lower than you already have them, if, if possible. Uh, Josh Jacobs uh, avoided uh, a major chest injury. So he left the game, and right when he left it, it looked pretty serious. But it sounds like it's not a serious injury. He's uh, got a contusion there in the chest. I'm not sure if he's going to miss time. This is a guy that's always pretty banged up. Uh, Sometimes he fights through it. Sometimes he doesn't. So definitely monitor that situation. Um, Kenyon Drake is obviously the backup that you would want there if Jacobs can't go. So uh, something to keep an eye on. Uh, Pardon me. Miles Sanders of the Eagles, you talked about this, Kyle, uh, when you mentioned uh, Gainwell. Uh, he's got a low ankle sprain. It just seems like the story of Miles Sanders, man. Like it, it felt like he was starting to gain some momentum as the running back. You know, people are saying get him the ball more. He was, you know, nice yards per carry and putting on a good show when he did get the ball. And now derailed by an injury and it's going to slow him down. And he's going to have to work his way back from a low ankle sprain. Opens up the door for Gainwell. Uh, Boston Scott really hasn't been too much of a factor this year. We'll see if that changes. Uh, but yeah, obviously Miles Sanders. 
this one came out of nowhere today. Devontae Adams is uh, out for Thursday Night Football. They play the Thursday Nighter this week against Arizona in what should be a doozy, but uh, Green Bay is going to be down their top receiver unless uh, he can get two, neg- or two, yeah, two negative tests before Thursday. So uh, from what I've read, Adams has his vaccination, so he just needs to provide two negative tests to be ready. But with the short week, it's going to be a tight turnaround, so something to monitor there. You know, I, I mean, it's Aaron Rodgers, so you don't really want to downgrade him, but it's going to be interesting to see how that passing game works without 17 taking all that coverage and attention. Um, I'm sure Aaron Jones will get a heavier workload, uh, but I'm not sure, you know, if Randall Cobbs, Robert Tunyon's, even the Mari Rogers rookie. I don't know, you know, if, if Adams can't go, Kyle, who are you going to lean on most or are you going to trust anybody there? Uh, well, trust, trust is a strong word, Jeff. Trust is a funny word. Uh, we've, we've played this game before, you know, I feel like the Packers and the chiefs are both very similar where, you know, you feel like for sure there has to be a second receiver. That's going to be just great. And we try to pin it on these guys. Um, and it never really comes to fruition, but, uh, a guy that we are going to talk about later on is Alan Lazard. Um, you know, a name that most fantasy managers, uh, who've been around for the last few years are familiar with. Um, he's had big performances in the past, but seems to be, uh, you know, for the time being anyways, the next trusted option. And, um, yeah, with Adams out, he becomes a must play this Thursday because this is a game where you're right. They may, uh, they may try to lean on Jones, but, um, you know, they're going up against an undefeated Cardinals team whose, uh, offense has just been dominant all season long. And uh, even Aaron Rodgers is going to be hard pressed uh, to just, you know, go shot for shot with them. Um, So he's going to have to take to the air. He's going to have to uh, he's going to have to move the ball down the field in a hurry. I would think more than more than one or two drives this game. Um, So, yeah, there's definitely got to be somebody else. But for me, it's Lazard. Well, that's, uh, it's going to be interesting on the other side of the ball as well because the top receiver for Arizona is dealing with a hamstring injury. Um, like again, he's dealing with a short turnaround, so uh, he hasn't practiced the start of the week, so we'll see if he does before Thursday and if uh, he can get back out there. He finished the game on Sunday, so I don't think I'm super concerned, but mm-hmm. uh, hammies are, are not fun, so keep an eye on that. Uh, late scratch Darren Waller. Uh, he didn't play this week which opened up the door for Foster Moreau. He's been labeled as day-to-day with his injury, so sounds like he should be back this week. If not, I am comfortable starting Moreau uh, as a, a bi-week filler or, not, or an injury filler, I should say, at tight end just to, due to the nature of the position. Um, and, you know, Foster Moreau is a legit man. He made some big-time plays there, and Derek Carr loves throwing to his tight end. So if Waller's out, I'm, I'm confident in Moreau for one more week. If not, obviously, if Waller's back, you're starting him as a top-three tight end like you were all season. Uh, Logan Thomas still week to week another tight end Washington football team he's still considered week to week so he's not gonna be back anytime soon and really quick here Malcolm Brown of the Dolphins has headed to the IR so that uh, should open up some more opportunities for Ahmed and your boy Miles Gaskin yeah you know what Malcolm Brown like this is the name that kind of goes to the bottom of the injury list but the uh, you know the potential ramifications of this move to IR are big this is a potential uh, season changer You know, just when we were all about to give up on Gaskin, just when we were all about to drop him, all of a sudden there's another glimmer of hope that's going to just, you know, I'm sure blow up in our faces here. But, uh, yeah, you know, you don't, you never want to see anybody uh, go down. But, um, but for Gaskin managers, um, it certainly provides the opportunity. We saw after Brown left, his snap share went through the roof. um, And like you said, potentially makes uh, Salvin Ahmed a, uh, a relevant piece as well. 
Oh man, you know we, we talked about it last week. The ups and downs of this uh, this Tuesday episode. We've got a you know it's like good times. You got the good times, you got the bad times, but uh, we're back to the good times here. These are the players that really came through for us this week. Let's get to the top performers of the week on the fantasy podium. You're the, best. the fantasy podium. So at quarterback, we had some real gunslingers. We've actually got four QBs on the podium. Uh, in third place this week was Joe Burrow, threw for 416 and three. And uh, I think even 10 yards of that was not to Jamar Chase. So pretty impressive. Um, he did have one interception, but with those big numbers, um, you know, he ended up with 31 fantasy points. We talked about Burrow. Uh, last week as a guy who, you know, has been looking sharp and, and had multiple passing touchdowns, uh, you know, on a, he's on a big streak right now. So I like what the Bengals are doing, even though I don't like being in their division. Uh, second place, we had a tie for two of the guys we love on this show. Matt Stafford had a big week, uh, 334 and three with a two point conversion and 32 points. And Tom Brady, 211 yards but four touchdowns including like you said number 600 unbelievable unbelievable that he just keeps on uh keeps on keeping on uh 32 fancy points as well but the number one qb on the week going into monday night i'm not sure anybody could have seen this one coming but we're talking about well i guess tyler did he called him a start Tua. Tangavailoa, 291 yards, four touchdowns. He did have a pair of interceptions, but made up for it with 29 rushing yards and finished with 33 and a half fantasy points. Yeah, I think this is two weeks in a row. Tua has been on our podium. I think he was third mm-hmm. last week. Uh, so yeah, good for him coming off an injury. And Joe Burrow, I'm falling in love with this guy. He's, I love the way he plays. I love the way he leads. Uh, yeah, he's he's moving up my rankings. And really quick about Brady at number 600. I want to mention this earlier. So, Troy Aikman, all-time great quarterback. Do you know how many career touchdowns he threw for? I would. I don't, but I'm going to throw out a wager of somewhere in the neighborhood of 375. 165. Woo! <laughs> Doesn't that blow your mind? Tom Brady's at 600. Oh, man. It's unreal what this guy's doing, but, uh, yeah, you pile on the accolades for TB12 all the time. Uh, let's get to our running back podium, man. <laughs> I don't have any cool stats for the running backs, but I do love saying this guy's name. I started him in our League of Note. I got all 23 of these points. <sighs> uh, Dearness Scared Stupid. Dearness Johnson of the Chicago, or the Cleveland Browns. Uh, in an upset win, which you know a lot of teams or people thought the, the Broncos were going to steamroll the Browns, being down almost everybody on offense. But uh, Dearness took over. 22 carries, 146 yards, and a touchdown. Two catches for 22 air yards and 23 beautiful fantasy points for the uh, running back in Cleveland there. I think that says a ton about their running game as a whole. It's just, you know, they, they do it properly. The O-line blocks, they make holes. It's it's pretty awesome if the, you know, your third guy can do something like that. Um, real quick note about that, too. It sounds like Nick Chubb's going to be back this week, so Dearness is going to be back on the bench. Um, but anyways... I mean, sure, I'm sure he's going to roll with Hunt out, but it's not going to be the, the bell cow thing we just saw last week. So yeah, but... I was hoping to ride that for... Well, you know what, man? I I feel like he... I was going to ask you about that, actually. I feel like he could be more of the Hunt role. He could be a, you know, 12 touches a game, um, so he's not going to have the massive blow-up like this, but, uh, but certainly could be counted on maybe for a dozen fantasy points. It'll be interesting to see how they uh, how they approach this. 
Yeah, it really will be. I think he, he could be that exactly. And, and, you know, with Hunt being out another four, five, six weeks, uh, Ernest, the Ernest could have a role here for the mid part of the season. But when Hunt's back, it's, you know, right back to where he was, I think. <laughs> Damien Harris is our number. Look at this list, man. Nobody saw these names coming. Uh, Dearness Scared Stupid, number three. Damien Harris of the New England Patriots, number two. 14 carries, 106 yards, two touchdowns for 24 points. And the number one running back this week was DeAndre Swift, the sophomore phenom in Detroit there. 13 carries, 48 yards, added eight catches for 96 yards and a touchdown through the air, 24 points. And Swift is, you know, he's going to be a top three running back going into next year, I think. Yeah, for sure, man. And, you know, this, I it's funny, like living where I do near the border, I get uh, I get one of the Detroit sports radio stations. So it's a it's a pretty depressing listen sometimes on Sunday nights. Um, but, uh, they were talking about, this was the first time, um, you know, that Deandre Swift was really getting a lot done in the first quarter of the game. And they liked that. They liked that the team was, you know, obviously if you watch the Lions Rams, uh, they went after it early and often they were just trying to keep the ball out of Stafford's hands. But uh, he's been more of a late-in-the-game kind of producer, and uh, he did it all through the game. And even with that disappointing rushing line, um, you know, 8 for 96 and 1 through the air is no joke. He got it done and uh, led the week. So pretty impressive. And, uh, you know, a guy that was on everybody's radar as a top 15 back, like you said, he's going to be top 5 or top 3 potentially going into next year for fantasy. Um, we got a, we've got a real, a real who's who on the wide receiver list this week. A guy that people have been waiting for Mike Evans finished, uh, the number three wide receiver this week, six catches for 76 yards and three touchdowns, including that number 600, like you said, and, uh, you know, by some, uh, oversight accidentally threw that piece of history away to some random stranger in the fans, but, uh, they got it back and he got you 29 fantasy points. So, um, Antonio Brown was a, uh, you know, a late, uh, scratch for this one. Um, and so if you were relying on Evans and Godwin, they both came through for you. Number two, though, Jamar Chase, this guy just keeps getting it done. I don't know if I've ever felt worse about my opinion on a fantasy player before the season versus what's actually happening. So he now has the best start for any wide receiver in their first seven games in NFL history. He is unbelievable. And like I said, he looks like he's going to finish as a top five uh, fantasy wide receiver on the season. Um, I know I was listening to uh, I was listening to a show um, Sunday night and they were talking about he is no question in their mind the number one dynasty wide receiver uh, going forward for sure. But not enough to unseat Mr. Cooper Cup doing it again. 10 catches for 156 and two. A huge game uh, against his old quarterback with his new quarterback taking on his old team. 32 fantasy points. And uh, yeah, this guy just keeps getting it done. He's on pace to shatter his, uh, his own personal single season touchdown record. I believe uh, the most he's ever had in his career is 10 and he was considered a touchdown guy. And now he's just making that number look foolish. So uh, good for you, Cooper. Yeah. I think he's got eight or nine on the year already. And it's, it's just silly. The connection he has with Sappard, but really, really quickly, Kyle, before I go to the tight ends, do you ever worry about guys that go off in the start of the year and that they're going to, you know, regress back to the means when it counts in the, uh, the fantasy playoffs, or are you just riding the hot offense and hope that they continue to perform uh, throughout the, the, when it counts? It happens for sure. Um, 
so like on this list, um, you know, the name obviously of these three that would stick out to me would be Chase, even though what he's done has been absolutely incredible. Um, you know, he's a rookie coming in unknown. And as defensive coordinators get film on players, they find ways to try and shut down the things that they have been doing. So the players that have sustained success are the ones that can make adjustments, um, you know, in their own game. Um, we haven't seen that yet. We've seen Cup have have down production in the past, but for the most part, he's been, um, you know, he's been a reliable wide receiver, uh, at least a high-end wide receiver two, if not a low-end wide receiver one um, for the last few years. Uh, last year, I guess, accepted. And Mike Evans, this guy just, he always does it, right? He always has a 1,000 yards. He's hes done it with uh, multiple different quarterbacks, and now he has the best quarterback um, of all time thrown in the ball, so I'm not too worried. But, uh, you know, it, it's a tough its a tough line where do you hang on and ride the wave or do you try to sell high on some of these names and get back, um, you know, a couple of solid assets to build up your roster for the playoffs? Yeah, well, that's the juggling act. And we'll, we'll jump to the tight ends here. And the guy that I currently roster and am trying to sell high on is our number three tight end. It's Mike Gusecki of the Miami Dolphins. He had another solid lineup, uh, you know, obviously with two of being number one uh, for quarterbacks. Gusecki had a good line with seven catches, 85 yards, and a score for 18 points. Uh, number two was Kyle Pitts. And again, back-to-back weeks where he's kind of taken over a game. No touchdown, but he had seven catches for 163 yards, and he just looks different out there. 19 fantasy points on the week. And number one, another guy who was he wasn't on the podium last week, but I think it was two weeks ago, maybe three. He was number one uh, tight end. It was C.J. Uzuma from the Cincinnati Bengals. He only had three catches, but they went for ninety-one yards and two scores for twenty-three points. And he's our tight end one uh, once again. Yeah, Uzuma, like he's never going to be that reliable piece for you. He's not. Um, he's getting like three targets in a game where he was the number one wide receiver, but look what he did with those three targets, right? So if you're, if you're looking for, as most players are most weeks, if you're looking for an upside play, it's him, but be prepared because he can crash back and give you half a point or zero just as easily. Um, you know, you talk about trading Mike Gusecki. How about, uh, well, you're going to give me a little credit for, uh, for throwing you old Dearness scared stupid there a couple weeks ago. Do I get any like? Uh, do I get I mean, any credit it, towards the next credit, trade? or is it my shaming you? Well, no, I mean credit well, down sure. a down payment on the next trade. Well, yeah, that kind of credit, like store credit, <laughs> store credit. Yeah. <laughs> see, right? Oh boy, yeah, yeah. This is where you got to be careful, Falcomaniacs, yeah. because we made a trade, and uh, you know, at the time of the trade, Chubb was out, but Hunt was prepared to be the uh, you know the go to guy, and uh, Jeff and I made a trade. Uh, not, I guess it was Sunday morning, wasn't it? And, uh, as a throw in, as a throw in, I had Johnson, I had just picked him up, you know, as a just in case kind of play. And, and I was going to drop him. He was the player that was ready to be dropped. And so just kind of as a tease, because Jeff had a bad experience with Dearness Johnson last year, I threw him in. Well, of course, Kareem Hunt goes down and now, uh, yeah, Jeff's got the number three running back on the week. So, uh, you're welcome. I appreciate it. Yeah. It didn't help in my matchup, but uh, it made it interesting after the Thursday nighter anyways. <laughs> <laughs> you felt good till Sunday. All right, looking at the IDP players this week, third place we had Sam Hubbard, defensive end for that Bengals defense that continues to impress. Four total tackles, two and a half sacks, two tackles for loss, and finished with 18 and a half fantasy points. 
At number two, we had Aziz Ojolari, linebacker for the New York Giants. He also had four total tackles, had three tackles for loss and two and a half sacks for 19 and a half points. And the number one defensive player uh, in our scoring this week was Deion Jones, linebacker for the Falcons, who finished with 13 total tackles. Three of them were for loss, had a sack and 21 fantasy points. So making a big difference in those IDP leagues for you. <sighs> but just like every week, Jeff, not everybody uh, really helped us out. What do you say we hit up the fantasy bus for this week? <laughs> Man, you are one pathetic loser. <laughs> fantasy football busts. No offense. No, none taken. <laughs> so obviously with the injuries, Zach Wilson's going to be on this list. Uh, he was having a poor game before he went out and then no chance for redemption. Finished with two fantasy points. Sam Darnold, this is uh, concerning to me because of a sandwich bet that I made with one of our Falcomaniacs, Craig, over touchdown passes between Sam Darnold and Jalen Hurts. And uh, he got yanked. He got yanked for the the XFL superstar, right, Uh, who P.J. Walker. But Darnold had three fantasy points before leaving the game. Davis Mills also had three points. Uh, We should mention Tyrod Taylor looking like he might be coming back, and I don't think the job is securely in Davis Mills' hands. So you may see Tyrod uh, coming back under center, which obviously probably gives a bit of a boost to Brandon Cooks um, and maybe Nico Collins. Um, Justin Fields. What's your level of concern? Like aside, I know you're, you know, you're looking to the future. You're a, you're a fields manager, but looking to the future. But in terms of uh, the expectation of this guy coming into the league and he got his start through a quick injury to Dalton four fantasy points, not, not impressing and not looking NFL ready. What's your level of concern on fields right now? Uh, it's not good. I, I mean, I didn't see a lot of football this week. I won't lie to you. And I was glad I didn't see much of this game because uh, my matchup was super tight going into the 4 p.m. slate. I think they played at 4. Anyway, but going into this game, and it, it, my, the projections looked really close. So I had some high hopes that he might get some fantasy points, but it was bad from the start. I think in our league, he actually had negative points with all the turnovers and the picks and the sacks. Sorry. Um you know, I'm, I'm reading quite a bit about him, and uh, the consensus seems to be that he's not being used right, and I keep ripping on Nagy, and Nagy seems to think he's a pocket passer and they're not designing plays with his legs and rollouts and, you know, using his athleticism, but it's been really bad. It's been really bad. I actually got some trade offers for him this week, and I, I didn't decline them, and then after that game, I was like, man, I should have maybe <laughs> held on a little bit and reconsidered or at least considered them because, uh, yeah, it's not fun to watch, and it's... I don't even know. I mean, obviously not having Montgomery there is trouble, but oh man, Allen Robinson, like nobody's doing anything. It's not like, no. I don't know. And that's another part of it too. Like, it's not like you're seeing highlights of Allen Robinson with crazy separation and fields isn't doing it. It's just like nothing on offense is working. It's just, it's really ugly in Chicago. Yeah, no, not at all. It's not, not good. Um, and then these two guys, you know, both of them have been successful uh, NFL quarterbacks. Both have been to the Super Bowl in the last few years. Jimmy Garoppolo had a rough one last night. I'm not sure how much of that, uh, you know, that rain barrel game you managed to see, but he only finished with seven fantasy points. A lot of turnovers. There were a lot of ball control issues in that one. There were, I don't know how, you know, 27 fumbles, I'm sure, for each side, like pouring rain. Nobody could hang on to the ball. And, uh, but he also definitely made some just poor judgment throws. 
But Patrick Mahomes, you know, he had the injury uh, kind of late, but he finished with eight fantasy points. I know in our league he was much lower. He In our scoring, he was under three fantasy points, I believe. At one point, he was negative. Um, you know, ball control issues of his own. Um, interception, a couple of fumbles. Um, I don't think it was raining. Looked pretty sunny, so... Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm sure. I'm sure nobody's uh, holding their breath too much for Mr. Mahomes, but he let you down if you were if you were hoping for a smash start against the uh, Titans this week. Yeah, that's pretty concerning. I think I read he's tied for the league lead and in, with interceptions yeah, with, uh, with Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson right now. So, and Zach Wilson's going to miss time. So that just means Mahomes is probably going to be the leader, <laughs> which is bananas to think. So another record. See how this plays out. Yeah. <laughs> Take that, uh, Brady. Covered, Jinx. Uh, let's go to the running backs. <laughs> the running back flops were uh, – this one hurts. A.J. Dillon, you know, I said uh, last week that I thought he was going to have a role in this game with uh, the Green Bay Packers getting up big early. They didn't do that, and he did nothing. He actually had a fumble, and it kept him in the negative with negative .7 points. Uh, Damian Williams had one point for the Bears. Mike Davis, one point for the Falcons. It seems like Corderell's the alpha there, and Mike Davis is droppable, if you ask me. Uh, uh, Naheem Hines, I did see him drop a wide open pass that probably would have taken to the house and changed his fantasy outlook quite a bit. Uh, but he ended up with two points this week. Miles Sanders left with that injury after only three points. Mark Ingram, uh, that gross Houston offense, uh, only had four points. Rojo, only four points again. He's an afterthought. You know, the Bucks are putting up 35 points in a quarter, and Rojo's not doing anything. So, uh, not good for his uh, fantasy outlook. Antonio Gibson, this is a couple weeks in a row we've mentioned him on this list. And, uh, yeah, his managers must be getting pretty nervous. I know he has that hairline fracture we've been talking about, but he keeps marching out there on Sundays. And uh, he got out snapped this week by J.D. McKissick. I'm sure some of that had to do with game script, but it's been it's been pretty frustrating for Gibson's owners for sure. And another big name at running back on the flop list is Aaron Jones. He only had six points in that uh, game where the Packers ended up getting a win, but uh, couldn't run very much. Yeah, and that's kind of indicative. You know, the letdown for Dylan obviously is a tough one um, and uh, didn't see much time after the fumble. But, uh, you know, the fact that Aaron Jones is also on this list kind of just tells the story of, of what was happening to Green Bay. So, you know, on to the next one. They got the W, on to the next one. At the wide receiver position, oh, these first two guys, I I think it's time to I think it's time to cut ties. Brandon Ayuk. The hope is the hope is dying. The hope is dying. He's not getting the targets, and when he does, he's not coming down with them. One fantasy point. I think it's time to say bye bye. This next guy, like, how many second chances can a guy have? Allen Robinson. You know, we talked about not being able to cut him and hold on to him, and maybe he gets a big game and you can trade him. I don't know if you're. You know, I know there's only a couple of teams on by this week, but. Uh, if you're in a situation where you need a replacement, you know, what's he doing for you? And even if he has a big game on your bench, it's the Michael Thomas question from last week. Are you really going to trust him after eight weeks of, I don't even want to say mediocrity. Like, is there, is there a worse, is there a worse term? Like just non awkwardy Oh uh, man. <laughs> that's it now. That's what Yeah, could, that's it. He's like fighting a fire with a paper bag. <laughs> and that's not effective. Um, Tim Patrick, this was a real surprise to me. There's a lot of names on this list that don't really surprise me, but Tim Patrick, this one hurt because he was just Mr. Consistency. He was getting the safe target floor. He was getting the safe yardage floor. He had the chance for a touchdown and, uh, they just didn't go his way. Like I think at one point in the second half, Bridgewater had thrown one pass to a uh, wide receiver, 
Um, it wasn't great. So I, I wouldn't be too concerned about Tim Patrick. The thing that would concern me is, uh, is uh, like you said, that that receiver room is about to get a whole lot more crowded with Jerry Judy coming back. Um, that, I think, negates him a little more than this performance. But uh, anyways, uh, Robbie Anderson, again, you know, this is, uh, I'm not encouraged. I've heard a few people saying, well, you know, maybe he's going to look good. No, your quarterback just got benched. He hasn't done <laughs> no. anything. He's he's a touchdown or bust. He's basically a tight end that you plug into the wide receiver position, and I don't want none of that. That's not what a fantasy Falcon champion looks for. Uh, three points in this one. OBJ, same thing. Three points. I'm glad for his sake that he, you know, he he sounds like he was toughing out an injury on Thursday night. Wanted to be out there with his team, but now Jarvis Landry's back, and Odell is just not Odell anymore. Uh, I don't I don't want him on my squad, and if I can't package him with something else, I'm gonna cut ties. Um, looking at a few more of these wide receivers though, Brandon cooks, uh, four points. He's had a few down weeks in a row. Uh, I would honestly expect if Tyrod comes back in that we see a bump up for cooks again. He's just been so productive over his career. Um, and even at the start of this season that even on such a bad Houston team, I can't really believe that this is going to be the new norm. I think he, I think he gets back to, uh, you know, eight, nine receptions and, and some production for you. Randall Cobb, I think it's safe to say that, uh, you know, the experiment that we thought maybe a couple weeks ago was happening might be over. Um, Four fantasy points in this one. Darnell Mooney plays for the Bears, plays for Matt Nagy, had five fantasy points, which, uh, you know, relative to Allen Robinson, he's great, but uh, relative to the rest of the NFL. Um, Henry Ruggs, you know, he's up and down like always. Five fantasy points in this one. He always has the chance to break the big one. Um, and uh, I do like what the, uh, we haven't really talked about it, but I do like what the Raiders are doing under the new uh, coaching staff the first couple of weeks. Um, but didn't didn't come through for him on this one. Five fantasy points. Julio is the same thing. Good to see him out there and healthy-ish. Uh, as healthy as he's been, but uh, five points for him. Jameson Crowder, you know, tough one for the Jets, five fancy points. And Tyler Boyd just getting buried on there. It's all Jamar Chase, a little bit of T. Higgins, and then uh, Boyd is like the Boyd is like the little decorative uh, sprig of kale that they put on the side of your plate that you just politely tuck into your napkin at dinner time. <laughs> shove it under the side of the plate and then play. Anyways, uh, yeah, it's, uh, I mean, that's a potent passing offense. And Boyd's going to get his. He's going to have some boom games, I'm sure of it. It's just his floor is so much lower now with Chase Higgins. And now that T. Higgins is back, it's it's really hard to trust Boyd. Uh, we had some tight end flops as well. You know, we were talking about Cameron Braid as a potential option with O.J. Howard banged up and missing time at practice. Uh, Howard played, which resulted in Cameron Braid getting zero points. O.J. Howard only had one point, so they're both on our flop list. Uh, we also have Anthony Ferkser of the Tennessee Titans, who uh, put up a ton of points against the Chiefs, but uh, Ferkser did nothing for them. And Ross Dwelly, who uh, the 49ers, who was filling in for Kittle, uh, he, I took a you know hail mary shot on him last night in one of my leagues. It did not pay off. He only had one point, and, uh, and you know the weather was a factor, but uh, he, they didn't look his way at all. So I don't think I trust him, uh, even if they have better weather next week. That's uh, that's the tight end flops, man. Yeah, you know what? The O.J. Howard one, like I have, uh, I just acquired Waller in a uh, in a trade this past week. We were talking about it. I uh, I traded away Kyle Pitts and James Robinson, and I got Nick Chubb, Darren Waller, and Debo Samuel. So you know, a pretty pretty fair trade, I think. I didn't I didn't uh, kill the guy. I didn't get killed. I feel pretty good. Obviously, Chubb was injured, but coming back soon. But then late scratch for Darren Waller. So I had to pivot and I looked at who was available as a free agent 
And Foster Moreau, and I was like, ah, I don't know. I don't want to do this. So I went with O.J. Howard because no Antonio Brown, no Rob Gronkowski. Uh, Howard was Howard was questionable, but then they said, yeah, he's in. So uh, I went in with him and expected big things. And, uh, yeah, Foster Moreau might have been the play, it looks like. So, uh, whoopsie. Even the pros make mistakes, folks. <clears throat> Anyways, well, yeah, that was uh, our the flops. Yeah, that's yeah, that's let's last get out week. Of, let's, let's get away get from these guys. Week, Weaver wire roundup. Check them up. Yeah, so these first three, there's no, there's no uh, for sure, for sure. Um, you know, guys that we've had in the past few weeks where you need to go out and dump all your fab or, or use the number one priority. Um, there's only a couple of teams on by next week. We've got the Ravens and the Raiders going bye, bye, bye. But uh, there are a few names that are worth looking at. Um, the first one that I want to talk about is Kenneth Gainwell, the uh, running back for the Eagles. We talked about him a little earlier in the show. We talked about the Miles Sanders injury. Now, we don't have much of an update um, other than it seems like he avoided major injury. But uh, if Sanders is unable to go this week, I like Gainwell a lot. Now, he and Boston Scott were actually pretty close in touches after the injury, or at least in carries. Scott actually had a couple more carries. But Gainwell was more effective with his and um, far more involved in the passing game. They've got a good matchup against Detroit. Um, if I need a win, if I need a running back, I am very happy to go out and spend you know 10 to 15% of my fab uh, on Kenneth Gainwell. And if I don't have a lot, I might look at uh, I might look at that zero or one dollar bid on Boston Scott just to just to see what happens, just to throw some spaghetti to the wall and see what see what uh, sticks. Um, but, uh, this next guy, I really, I really, really like the idea of getting Alan Lazard, which feels weird to say because, uh, I've resisted him. I've resisted the whole discussion of who's going to be the for sure number two, because I don't think there is a for sure number two, but he's got a chance to be the for sure number one. Um, he was already going to be on this waiver list when I was making it up because he's scored in back-to-back weeks. Aaron Rodgers is a quarterback that you, you know, we saw it last year with Robert Tunyon. When you start to see the trend of end zone targets, it means something. It means that you have the trust of number 12 and uh, Lazard seems to have the trust. But now with Adams out, he's going to be the man. Like, I think he is a must start this week. Um, If you're looking for, you know, a wide receiver two or three or you need a flex, he is an easy ad and it's not going to cost you a lot, like maybe 10% of your fab. Um, just if you're if you're wanting to plug him in and and go get a win, um, this last guy, I wasn't really high on uh, Russell Gage before the regular season started. I know a lot of people were because of the departure of Julio Jones. Um, I didn't see a huge bump coming for Gage. Um, you know, we saw him step into the role when Julio was gone in the past, uh, but with Kyle Pitts being added, I felt like maybe that would be the secondary receiver. And so far it is, and Gage had a slow start and then got hurt, but he's back now. He should get okay volume. Uh, Matt Ryan's starting to throw the ball a little bit more, and, uh, you know, he can be productive. He can make the most, and again, it's not going to cost you an arm and a leg. Like, you're you're looking at hopefully spending under 10% of your fab, maybe, maybe uh, you know, 5 to 7% if you can. Yeah, a couple more guys we're going to cover here. Two more receivers. Rashad Bateman, who was my Rudy of the Week last week uh, in Baltimore there. He's coming back off that injury. 
He has. Uh, this guy's got big play potential. You know, that passing game couldn't really get going against the Bengals this week, uh, but Bateman still had, I think, three catches for 80 yards. So uh, he was a first-round talent or, or pick for a reason, but it's because of his talent. And uh, with the way Lamar has been throwing it up to this week, I'm confident that Bateman is going to earn a role uh, that's already, you know, started since uh, he came back. He's getting targets his first two weeks, and I think his role is going to grow as he gets more accustomed to the league. So Rashad mm-hmm. Bateman, is, uh, he's probably available, and he's a guy I'm willing to stash. He was my earlier on. So the guy that I thought I'd be most interested in stashing for the second half of the season, um, you know, early in the year was going to be Javante Williams with the uh, Broncos. I thought he'd be seizing that role a little bit more. But right now it is Rashad Bateman. I think that if you can uh, if you can get him, you might get a home run, a home run hitter um, for your team. Uh, another guy you can look at is a wide receiver for the New York football Jack. It's uh, Darius Slayton. Uh, he's been a standout in the past, and now he's the last man standing in the receiving room for the Giants. Um, they play Monday night against the Chiefs, whose defense is not very good. So uh, look for him to kind of lead the, the team in receiving uh, this coming week anyways uh, with, you know, Tony out. It sounds like uh, Galladay's going to be out again. If, if he's back, he won't be 100%. So Slayton could be the alpha in that receiving room, and he's probably available in your league. So uh, take advantage of you know the opportunity while the other guys are healing and and this guy's going to get lots of the workload potentially so uh you know he's i'm willing to spend five to seven percent on a Darius slayton grab uh for a couple weeks here but i think once galladay and tony are back i think that's going to be the one two in that uh that receiver's room and brandon bolden the running back for the patriots uh you know this is a backfield we typically try to avoid fantasy wise but uh it's it's Seems like they trust him. He seems to have fiddled in for the uh, James White role after James White left with the the injury. Stevenson was a healthy uh, Ramondre Stevenson was a healthy scratch this week, meaning uh, you know they actually trust Bolden, and it sounds like his role is going to be there moving forward. Again, this is a hard backfield to trust, so I wouldn't spend a ton of money. But if you're desperate for running back with a couple teams on by this week, you can you could do a lot worse than Brandon Bolden. Uh, so I'd be willing to spend about three to five percent um, of my fab on him for uh, for the moving forward here for the second half of the season. Yeah, it's a tough one to trust. This is the second time, I believe, that Ramondre Stevenson has been a healthy scratch. Uh, He gets himself into Belichick's doghouse. Um, He is not... He's not earning the trust of Belichick, and that means you don't get playing time. Now, that being said, as soon as you trust Brandon Bolden, they're going to put Stevenson in. He's going to run for 150 and three. But uh, he's getting those targets. You you talked about Mac Jones standing in the pocket, and he's learning the Patriot way, not just the attitude and the mental preparation, but he's learning how to uh, turn nothing into something. He's learning how to use his tight ends effectively, uh, we've seen Hunter Henry be very effective. Jonu Smith, before injury this week, um, actually had some nice catches and uh, I believe a score. He had a score last week too. Um, <clears throat> but Brandon Bolden was the uh, he was the safety valve, and if that's the role, we have seen that in the past with guys like Dion Lewis, with James White, um, with Danny Woodhead, be so valuable not just for Tom Brady but for the New England Patriots. So. Uh, you know, a guy that can fill in for injury or bye week or a flex spot, uh, you could definitely do worse than Bolden. Oh, man, this is a deeper dive. These guys are, uh, you know, maybe a couple you could plug in and a couple that you're just you're just putting your hands together and, uh, you know, 
saying your Hail Marys while you throw them. Uh, one of them we talked about already. You had Michael Gallup uh, coming back from injury. We don't know what his role is going to be. He hasn't played since he got hurt in week one, but he's been involved in the past. He's got a chance to get involved uh, with that Dallas passing offense. So, uh, you know, if he's there, check your check your availability, check your waivers, and uh, scoop him up if you've got room on your bench. Uh, Salvin Ahmed, you know, he's a, he's clearly the handcuff to Gaskin. I think he's going to get some carries though. He'll probably get 30 or 40% of the snaps. Um, I don't think they're all of a sudden going to take Gaskin from 35% to a hundred percent. Um, and he, you know, he's worth fielding as much as any other handcuff. He showed last year when he was the only healthy back in Miami, um, that he can play at this level. And he's, he's widely available. So, uh, you know, if you're desperate, this is the time of year. Running backs are, are uh, in hard hard supply. So go out and, and take a look if you need somebody on your bench or need somebody to plug in just in case uh, you need a prayer. Hunter Renfro, he's been on our list before, and he just keeps kind of doing it. He's a, he's a low-ceiling but safe floor player. Um, so he's the kind of guy that allows you to take a shot with a, uh, you know, a Rondell Moore in Arizona or a Rashad Bateman or these guys that, uh, you know, you really want a big performance from. It's easier to do that when you've got a guy like Renfro on your roster who you can count on for a handful of points at least. Uh, this last one, I thought about not putting him on the list, but I don't think we'd be doing the Falcomaniacs a service, Jeff, because, uh, you know, personal things aside and personal feelings aside, we are here to talk about fantasy football. And, uh, you know, it wasn't that long ago that this was one of the elite names in fantasy, Deshaun Watson. The trade deadline is coming up. November 2nd is the trade deadline. And of course, just as there have been all offseason before and after the scandal, there is a lot of talk of a trade. Uh, Miami's been rumored. Miami and Denver together have been rumored. Miami and Washington have been rumored in three-way deals. If you've got room and if he's out there, what do you think, Jeff? Is it worth, you know, closing your eyes and plugging your nose and uh, and clicking on that green plus sign? Is it worth throwing him on? Because I know what it sounds like is if he gets picked up, he will not be placed on the commissioner's exempt list for this year. He could get you, you know, potentially four, five, six games in your fantasy season and uh Mm. could be a late season difference maker what do you think well i mentioned this last episode right we were talking about the because the trade rumors have started there carolina is another team that has shown interest um it's it's interesting because i don't know if i understood that the same way that that you just uh said but uh, from my understanding he hasn't been put on the exempt list right now because houston is not playing him they're they're paying or they're benching him and they're disciplining them themselves so the nfl hasn't been put in a position to make that decision now if he gets traded obviously the team trading for him is not going to do the same thing they're trading for him to play and then the nfl will have to make a decision regarding the exempt list and uh that moving forward that was my understanding of it it's obviously a really tricky situation but uh, for the point of this conversation um yeah i said on tuesday this guy's a top five option if he goes to Carolina, he's got receivers. If he goes to Denver, he's got an awesome offense. You know, you take away the personal stuff and you just look at the fantasy for, you know, the point of this podcast. He's could be a game changer and a league winner, which is kind of crazy to say considering his current situation. Yeah, and I'm uh, I'm basing that on a uh, on a report from Ian Rappaport that came out yesterday. Um, he said as far as he knows, 
right now he will not be placed on the exempt list because he has not been officially charged with a felony yet. There have been accusations and there's a civil case and there's an investigation ongoing. Um, but as it stands right now, barring what, what Rappaport said is barring some sort of unexpected development, if he was traded to a team willing to play him, he would be expected to be eligible to play. So, uh, you know, take that for what it is, but uh, it's it's an unfortunate thing. It's an unfortunate situation that comes up uh, all too often um, in fantasy. And, you know, the thing about fantasy is it's supposed to be fun. And if you feel personally that it wouldn't be fun for you to have a player like Deshaun Watson on your roster and to cheer for him in light of these accusations against him then don't go get him you know like absolutely don't it's supposed to be fun and if you're going to be you know upset or upset with yourself then uh, it's not a situation you want to get involved in you know for sure but uh, we've seen in the past that you know personal is personal and football is football and there's always an NFL team that's willing to give these guys a chance and they can certainly uh, you know turn it around and be productive so it's it's a total personal thing, but uh, I just thought it was worth mentioning at the end of our deep dive. Yeah, no, absolutely. Stay tuned. Uh, we've got a couple more guys that we're looking at. These are deep streaming options for this week. Uh, Trevor Lawrence at Seattle. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater versus Washington, who haven't been the defense we thought they were. Or uh, Danny Dimes, I mentioned him going up against Kansas City and that uh, sieve of a defense they've got there. There's some nice streaming options this week if you're desperate. Uh, tight end, we've got some deeper names. Ricky Seals-Jones against the Broncos. Dan Arnold against Seattle. Or Gerald Everett against the Jaguars. Um, or uh, defensive-wise, we saw the Bengals kind of shut down the uh, Ravens. So there's, they're going up against the Jets this week. I'm very confident starting the Cincy this week. we got the Chargers going against the Patriots. Um, the rookie quarterback there. The Chargers coming off a bye. And Philly against the Lions. Um, that one I'm not 100% sure on. I, I mean, it makes sense on paper. I just have a gut feeling the Lions are... You're going to pull it a W this week, and I'm going to get to that in a little bit here. I sure hope so. All right, man. Well, we got a few more things to get to here, and this is our favorite category, our favorite session for the uh, the early week show. We're getting to our Rudies of the week. Rudy, 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 Rudy. Fantasy Falcon Football Rudy of the Week. So if you're new to the show and you're not really sure what a Rudy is, you know, think of the movie. We're talking about a heart and soul player that you can plug in for one play and they're going to get something done. This is a guy that, uh, you know, you're desperate. You're going to field a zero. You're going to have an empty slot. You don't want to be that kind of player that puts a bye week player in their roster. Right, Jeff? (laughs) <laughs> uh, I don't know. But we'll, uh, we'll <laughs> but uh, the Rudy of the week. Uh, these are our these are our uh, low probability picks. We think they can go out and get you six or seven points and uh, just help you out a little bit. So last week we had uh, I I went with Marquez Callaway, who's actually playing right now, and um, I'm I'm kind of half distractedly watching, but I haven't seen uh, haven't seen much of what's happening tonight, so I'm not sure where he stands, but. Uh, you had Rashad Bateman who, you know, low reception total, but three for 80 and finished with nine fantasy points and half PPR. So a good showing for Bateman. That's exactly what you're looking for in your Rudy of the week. I like it. This week, I am going with Samaj P. Ryan. I'm going with the uh, the handcuff to Joe Burrow, the backup running back in Cincinnati. He's only 7% rostered. 
He was activated this past week from the COVID list and he got almost as much work as Mixon did. Now, granted, some of that was with the lead, absolutely. But uh, he did well with his carries, 11 for 52 on the ground. Plus, he had a nice reception for 25 yards. And this week, the Bengals are taking on the Jets. So I see them being in a positive game script. They just had that against the Ravens in a big win, big performance for the team. And, and P. Ryan was a big part of that. Um, I think that going up against the J-E-T-S, he should uh, have a pretty good chance to get some work and can do work for you. And he is my Rudy of the week. Stamp that. Uh, I like that pick a lot. I also like my pick. It's a guy I was talking about uh, Detroit Lions. I've got a gut feeling they're going to pull out a win here, get their first win of the season against the Eagles. And the reason they're going to get that win is because Khalif Raymond, the wide receiver for the Detroit Lions, is going to make just enough plays to put them over the top. Uh, you know, this Philly team is, has been vulnerable. They're, they've been up and down. They've kind of been hard to gauge. You know, they were feisty and scrappy at the start of the year, and now they just got blown out, and they're hard to trust. So um, I feel like they're a vulnerable defense, and defense is, or Detroit is playing with so much heart uh, all season long. Another, you know, they came back against the Rams team or tried to almost came back against the Rams team. Uh, they're fighting and clawing right to the last whistle is what I love about this Lions team. And I think they have enough to get it done against the uh, the Eagles this week. Uh, looking at Khalif Raymond specifically, he's uh, Wiz Khalif has had eight targets two weeks ago, another seven targets this past week, including six catches for 115 yards. So he may blow, you know, our Rudy qualifications out of the water and have another monster game, but I think he'll do enough. And, uh, you know, I looked it up before we went on air here. He's only 3% rostered right now. So he's a guy we, uh, we think will that will go up, and I think he's going to get enough volume to uh, be a, a good Rudy of the Week choice. So he's my Rudy of the Week. Stamp it. Yeah, it's funny. Khalif Raymond is a guy that you know we were talking about after the first couple of weeks as a uh, potential emerging player and then kind of fell off. So I, I think that if you look back, his, his ownership percentage probably went up and then dropped back off. But uh, you're absolutely right. After you know the way he's getting targeted and what he showed this past week, uh, he deserves to be in your roster for sure. I love what Dan Campbell was doing this week, by the way. Just I just gotta say that. The fake punts, the onside kick, like I'm I'm all about that. He was he going for those kinds of plays are gutsy. And the fact that his uh his team executed the way they did, you know, obviously the game result didn't go the way they wanted, but a tough matchup against the LA Rams. Um, but the way that those players are playing, they it's very clear to me that they they believe in this guy. Um, you know, say what you want about his coaching credentials, but uh, he's a player's coach and, and they he's got the team behind him. I love it. Oh, man, we might have the greatest Thursday night football game of all time coming up. Except Devontae Adams is out. But uh, let's get to it anyways. Let's talk about Packers Cardinals in our Thursday night preview. Al, my prediction is that whoever puts the most points on the scoreboard will probably win tonight's football game. NFL previews. Oh man, we're halfway through the regular season in the NFL, and these two teams have a combined one loss between them. The Packers at six and one. They're on a six-game winning streak, and they're taking on the Cardinals, who are seven and oh. It's a 51-point over-under. I believe that was adjusted even with Adams out, and the Cardinals are six and a half point favorites. Uh, this is going to be a good one, and I'm hoping that it's going to be just a, a fantasy slobber knocker. Just, you know, it's so nice on yes. Thursday night to just see points piling up for everybody in your league. It's just a great way to start the weekend. Um, the Packers are really going to give the Cardinals a run for their money in this one, I think. 
Um, Arizona, you know, their offense is humming. They're spreading the ball out, which makes them so hard to defend. Uh, but if you look at if you look at the stats, Green Bay is only allowing an average of 21 fantasy points to the wide receiver position. Um, they're holding them down in yardage as well. So it's I think it's going to happen. But the tough thing, Jeff, is going to be predicting which of those Cardinals wide receivers is going to be the one that gets their uh, gets their receptions and gets their points. Um, you know, if he's healthy, absolutely. We talked about Hopkins and that hamstring injury. I'm not concerned. He's been in and out of practices the last few weeks. Uh, we saw a bit of this last year as well. Um, so if he's good to go, he's good to go for your fantasy roster. Aaron Rodgers for sure. Aaron Jones for sure. Alan Lazard. Can't believe I'm saying this, but I think for sure. Kyler Murray, absolutely. And you know what? Even though it's tough to predict, I'm going to go with A.J. Green and Christian Kirk. Both of these guys are showing up and they're getting uh, they're getting some looks from their, their MVP caliber quarterback. Uh, I like their odds for, you know, at least one of these guys to do something. But it's kind of like the Buccaneers situation where, uh, you know, you kind of just got to play all three of them. On the maybe list, there's a couple of names you might be able to plug in here. So I'm going to ask you what you think about this. Let's start with Rondell Moore, right? The high-flying rookie who uh, he seems to be snap-dependent and touch-dependent. But uh, Rondell Moore, do you think they get him involved in this one? Um, it's hard to gauge, man. I've been riding this guy all season, and it's very when – he, when he's going good, it's great. When it's bad, it's bad. And, and uh, like you said, it's, it's touch-dependent. It's hard to trust – this week and what I hope is a shootout. So I'm, I'm, I'm leaning towards, yes, we're not as desperate as far as bye weeks go. There's only two teams on a bye this week as opposed mm-hmm. to the six we had last week. So you may have a better option than more. And uh, so for that reason alone, I may, may say no, but I think, uh, you know, I, I want him to do well. So I'm going to put it out there and say, yes. Okay. What about Randall Cobb? If Devonte Adams is out, you know, I talked about Lazard as the main go-to guy, but do you think that Cobb uh, all of a sudden has a little more value as a, at least as an end zone target? Yeah, I do, and I'm actually not as high on Lazard as you are. I think it's going to be spread out pretty or fairly even between Cobb, Lazard, Tanyan, and um, and maybe potentially others are the running backs, right? So um, I don't know if if like I said, I don't know if I trust Lazard as much as you do, but I do think Cobb will have a pretty a significant role, especially in the money zone, like you said. All right. What about uh, Mr. Freeze, Mr. Minus? Are you going back with uh, Dylan? <sighs> that one is really tricky. I mean, again, buys aren't as bad, so it's, you're not as desperate. I think I'm going to sit A.J. Dillon this week. Uh, the other running back there, I can't remember his name now, but he was breaking my heart, uh, Hill or Hills. Uh, he was getting some touches as well. So, uh, yeah, I think I'm going to put Dylan on my bench and hope for a bounce back. Okay, and then the last one I want to ask you about are the two tight ends in this game. Uh, Zach Ertz and Robert Tanyan, both of them had a score this week. Zach Ertz actually had the longest score of his entire career uh, this past week for the Cardinals. But uh, how do you feel about rolling out either of those guys? I I don't really feel any different than I did all year. I mean, they're so hard to trust. Even Ertz, I mean, he only had three catches, I think. He had that nice long touchdown, but a couple broken tackles. Or, you know, if they make those tackles, he's got a pretty gross day. So, um, yeah, both are super touchdown dependent uh, with the amount of mouths they, they, they feed and in, in the offenses they're on. So I, I really – I don't want to say yes to either one of them because they're so hard to trust. Yeah, the thing is, you know, so many fantasy teams are just looking for a touchdown upside and having Kyler Murray and Aaron Rodgers throw you a ball is kind of as good as anybody. So 
um, yeah, if you're in that situation, you're not sitting, uh, you're not sitting an established player for any of those guys, but, uh, but if you're in the situation where you need to plug somebody in, maybe you're the maybe you're the uh, Waller manager or the Mark Andrews manager with both of them on by this week. Maybe you're uh, you're plugging those guys in. I got the Redbirds in so this one. Quick, who tweet, would you tweet. choose? Oh, who would I choose? I would go with her. I, I got Cardinals winning this one. Is yeah, over Tanyan. I would. Yeah, I would for sure. Um, they've uh, been using the tight end position in Arizona. Uh, we saw even Max Williams have fantasy relevance, and uh, I think Ertz is a much better player even at this stage in his career than Max Williams, and uh, they've been going to him right away. So, yeah, it would be Ertz for me. Yeah, me too. Yeah, both of us have well, the Cardinals. I love Thursday it. Night preview. Yeah, man. Yeah, so we're probably going to be wrong based on <laughs> how we've been picking on here. But, Packers uh, by 25. Well, this is it, right? Like, we're half – we're halfway through the season now, uh, you know, we're starting to learn teams' identities and what their weaknesses are and strengths are. And, um, you know, it's not about translating to fantasy success all the time, but, uh, yeah, this is where the season gets really, really interesting and we start learning that we don't know anything. Um, you know, we got one more segment to get to before we wrap this thing up. It's our League of Extraordinary Gentlemen recap. Welcome to the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. I'm waiting to be impressed. So our match of the week wasn't as close as we wanted, but I'm happy to report the Whammer Time. You know, Stunt Punts is maybe the most generous owner in, in our league, but uh, the Whammer Time got his first win of the season, just like you did against Stunt Punts last week. I ended up crushing him with a 160 to 85 uh, total um, final score. Whammer Time was basically rescued by, he had some, you know, like everybody, he was dealing with the pretty late lineup with all the bye weeks. He started Khalif Raymond. He started Kendrick Bourne, who threw a touchdown. He had kicker Nick Folk do work for him. Uh, so that was what led to his 160-point output. And uh, Christian had four players inactive in the starting lineup, and that's why he ended up with 85 points. Um, as far as the top score of the week, it looks like it's going to be the real public enemy number one. So Team Tron with that Stafford Cup stack uh, is going to have 196 points, so he's the top score of the week. And then Stun Punts, once again, with his 85-point output, will be our low score of the week. Yeah, man, it's uh, it's an exciting time in the LOEG. There are, you know, injuries are shaking things up for sure. Some of the, uh, I think some of the big dogs over the first few weeks are finding out that they're not quite for real. And, uh, you know, I, I said it a couple weeks ago, I was 0-5, and I told you that after week 10, I was planning to be 5-5. Five and five. And coincidentally, week 10 is when you and I face off. Did you realize that? No, but I was actually thinking about that driving around today. I was like, when do we face off? That's got to be coming up. So it's I'm gonna your, I'm hoping, I'm hoping to be in a thing. position where, uh, you know, I can, I can go up against you for a chance to go back to being a 500 team on my, on my route to pursuing my fantasy Falcon championship. Uh, I don't want to, uh, I'm knocking on wood right now, but fingers crossed. I've got a very slight edge over my opponent and uh you know we'll see what happens over the rest of the monday night game here but uh that's it for this week though folks thanks so much for listening uh remember we're here for you we want your questions we want to help you out we want to uh get into those big discussions so for friday's fan zone send us an email at fantasyfalconfootball@gmail.com or leave us a voice message using the link in the episode description anything you need help with waiver pickups players to drop trades start sits whatever um, make sure you can also hit us up too. Don't forget to follow us at Falcomaniacs Football on Instagram and Twitter, like Jeff mentioned at the start of the show. And uh, a little, a little tip, a little tip for you, Falcomaniacs, because we're all in the same boat here. 
make sure that you're looking ahead now to those bye weeks coming up, right? Bipocalypse is over after tonight, but uh, there's still a lot of players that are going to be on bye coming up. You want to get ready. You want to beat your opponent. You know, we're coming into week eight, but you want to beat your week nine and your week 10 opponent now. You want to make sure that you're taken care of so you're not scrambling at the last minute because that's what it takes to be a fantasy Falcon champion, and that's why we're here. ABC, baby. Always be champion. Jeff, I'm excited uh, to see what happens in the league. I'm excited to see what happens in the NFL before we get back together in a couple of days. Hopefully everybody has a great week. And don't forget to set your Falcon lineups. Woo! <laughs>